0: Can we give the band just a, a round of applause? Thank you so much band for leading us in worship through music. Yeah, good evening everyone. We are so uh, we are so few tonight, but I know you guys are so faithful being here tonight and yeah, uh, I had to tell myself maybe even this morning uh, as I, as I preached, I had to tell myself that Maybe it's not a good a good idea to preach two services on uh, on a Sunday after the Springboks played, because uh, my throat takes quite a hit when I when I watch rugby or watch football or anything. My my wife always uh, graciously reminds me that you know they can't hear you when you shout the TV. Yeah, and then I'm like, uh, then I then I become so immature in those moments, and I'm like. <laughs> yeah. You know I support him in my heart I'm always like I'm hoping that when CR Kulisi has the ball he's hearing in his heart that Maritz is just crying out you know drive forward do it we, we we are vowing for you guys and yeah I'm not entirely sure if that that is the way it works but anyway tonight I've titled the sermon it's called the power of provision and uh, let's I, I just want to gauge the room for a little bit who of you have heard of the term Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. Okay, all right, okay. So most of you have heard of the term, okay. Who of you can testify in and through your own life that there was moments where God provided, you prayed for something and God came through? Okay, keep your hands up just for a moment. Just keep your hands up. If if I'm speaking to you tonight, just keep your hands up. Look around. I want us to realize that God is providing for all of us every single day. God's provision is with us every single day and sometimes we, we, we even need to be reminded of it so often. And even in our connect groups, for example, when we ask, ask the question, what are you thankful for? Yes, sometimes it's hard to think of something that I'm thankful for. But the reality is that God is providing for us all along, every single day. His provision is with us every single day. And sometimes and I, I need to remind myself just to, <laughs> what am I thankful for? What am I really thankful for that? What has God done in in and through my life that I'm thankful for? And it's so good to just be reminded of that. But we obviously also know that God's provision is so much more than a temporary monetary gain because sometimes when we speak about, um, I think Elisma also said it in the prayer, sometimes when you think about just God's provision, we're always connected to money in a certain sense. Like God came through and and he gave me money or he paid for something or there's something that was settled. But God's provision is so much more. He even provides health when needed. Marriage and relationships, if I think about my own life and how I prayed for my wife since the age of 16, yes, married at the age of 25, but I prayed for my wife. I was praying for, for all along, saying, Lord, I trust you for a godly wife. I trust you for a, for a wife that will stand with me in the moment that I'm in my lowest. And that's exactly what she's done. God's provision is so much more than I could ever imagine. I think about my own life, just praying for, me and my wife has been married for just short of five years and praying for, you know, now's the, now's the time, we want kids. God came through. We're pregnant, you know, we're we, um, expecting the 30th, of, 30, 30th of, of November. Obviously, I never know if that's gonna be the real date, especially if I see you, Lonnie. <laughs> yeah, um, amazing that, uh, yeah, but just the fact that God has provided, and sometimes I needed to be reminded of that on a day-to-day basis. But he also provides comfort, we need it, nurture, we need it, and it's so incredible. But I needed to ask myself the question, where did the term come from, Jehovah Jireh? And the original meaning according to genesis 22 means the lord will provide the lord will provide and and it's speaking of a future tense occurrence which occurred when abram had to apply some faith in and through his own life and we all know the story we all know it so well genesis 2 verse 6 to uh, sorry genesis 22 verse 6 to 8 says the words it says and abram took the wood and burnt offering and laid it on isaac his son And he took his hand, the fire, and the knife, so they went, both of them, together. And Isaac said to his father, Abram, my father, and he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abram said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went, both of them, together. Now, there's two things that's so significant within that scripture. The first thing that we see, and you'll, you'll might, you might need to make the link tonight, is that Abram took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. Does it remind you of Jesus carrying the cross on his way to Calvary? Incredible, that 2,000 years before that event even happened, there's, there's this beautiful moment where Abram is reminding his son, or telling his son that God himself will provide a lamb offering. And if you know the story, he did not provide a lamb offering in that moment. He provided a ram. And it's interesting if you think about it. It's interesting that in that moment, that is, that is not what he provided. He provided a ram. Why? Because the lamb was a future offering. God dying on a cross for us. The lamb that saved the world. That is the one that is speaking of. And it's so amazing that, that just he himself will provide but this was the first time God was called the provider and a declaration was made that day in faith that accordance with God's character and loving nature God will provide and it was connected to God's character saying that that is who he is that is what he does he's a God that provides He's a God that cares he's not a distant God that does not care about your own life it is not a God that doesn't want intimacy with you he wants intimacy with you he wants a relationship with you. He wants to live a life where you know him, you worship him. You kn- There's a personal relationship where you have conversations with him. That's who he is, and that'll never change. It's an amazing concept. And it takes me to my second point, and I just need to drink water because my throat is kicking in at the moment. <laughs> I'm leaking goodness okay second point God does provide Takes me to my second point God does provide we see that even in the New Testament 2,000 years later from the time Abram lived reminding us via Jesus himself that we should not be anxious about provision because God is still the provider it's a reminder just of who God is and they um, Jesus said to the disciples in the crowd Matthew 6 verse 25 to 27 it says the words Just this lo- that last question catches me off guard every time. Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour of his life or, or to his span of life? And I think about us like we have this gauteng thing that, that we do, we, we're always rushing somewhere. There's always meetings, schedules, things. And, and when I go to Cape Town and I have certain meetings in Cape Town, I always think that, man, this guy, these guys take so long to get things done. You know, it's all like, like if you drive on the roads, they're driving 100 kilometres an hour in the right-hand lane, and, and I'm just like, get out of the way! Don't you understand the rules? Like in Pretoria, 130 is the minimum. I'm just, okay, I'm just, just kidding, just kidding, all right, just kidding. It's not, it's a crappy word. Um, okay, but the concept is that I feel that nothing is happening. It's always just slow. There's, you know, and, and then I realise, wow, maybe it's because it's so unhealthy, just to constantly. Be anxious to constantly be stressing. If we think about deadlines. We think about things that need to be done. Calendars, places to see, places to be. You know, that's the the whole Pretoria thing, or maybe Johannesburg thing as well, if you will. But I've I've I've, I've um, encountered a Zimbabwean guy in this week. I went to Estreta, and, and we had a meeting, um, and. As I walked out, he's a car guard now. He just started speaking with me and, and and just started opening up about his life, and he said to me that you know he's a crane operator and he worked for a construction company and 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 it was going well. He was earning you know enough money to to provide for his family and everything was just going well. And then he got retrenched. the The construction company just uh, closed up and then opened up again and now they're much smaller. and and he, and He told me all of these things and he says. You know, but he can't complain for one moment. And I said, why is that? Why can't you complain? And he said, because not even for one day I couldn't feed my family. Every single day I could feed my family. Every single month I could pay the 2,000 rand rent that, I, that I'm that i paying where I'm staying. Every single month I could, give my, I could send my kids to school. And then I thought about my own life and I think about just... Yes, just on how ungrateful I am sometimes. I'm thinking about if I can just afford the new iPhone that's coming out. I'm thinking about the new car that I wanna buy. I'm thinking about things that I want, materialistic things, and then at the end of the day, this guy is just so thankful that he could provide food for his family as a car guard. He's saying that every single day that he's there, he's making enough money, and obviously he can't go back to Zimbabwe because that won't help him. There's not more opportunities in Zimbabwe, and therefore he just says he's pushing on and he's pushing through and he's sending out these CVs. you know, Everywhere he comes and sees a construction company, he gives in his CV, but yet he's so grateful just for the fact that he can provide every single day for his family. That brings joy to his life. And then I think, man, What an ungrateful soul I am every now and then. And this reminds us just in Matthew 6, same, same chapter even, Jesus speaking, and he says, Matthew 6, verse 32 to 34. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat and what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Isn't it amazing that Jesus in the same chapter reminds them twice, just do not be anxious. God knows exactly what you need. The, The Father heart of God knows exactly what you need. You almost don't, you don't even need to tell him. He knows what you need and he will provide. That's just who he is. And then I had to remind myself, rather than being anxious and worrying about where our next meal would come from or just how would we be able to pay the bills, we should sit at Jesus' feet and seek him first because he knows exactly what we need. I need to run to the Father and say, Lord, I need you in this moment. I need you to intervene in and through my life, Lord. But if if you are the only one I receive, if you are the only thing I receive, then that is enough. I'll be fine with that. I just wanna seek you with everything inside of me, Lord. So what's the big idea? Even if we see Jesus, just Matthew 14, verse 16 to 21, saying that, But Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. They said to him, we only have five loaves here and two fish. And he said to them, bring them here to me. Now, I just love Jesus' humor in this moment. He says to them, for the disciples now, there was 5,000 excluding the women and the children and Jesus is like, yeah, yeah, but you, you give them something to eat. Obviously, he knows what the answer is gonna be. How do we feed them? we like, you know, there's not a McDonald's nearby or whatever, do we buy, you know, small cheeseburgers or what? how is that gonna work, you know? How do we feed all these people? And he says, no, but let me show you something. Let me just show you who I am. Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds and they all ate and were satisfied. Hear those words, they all ate and were satisfied. It's not just saying they all ate, no. They all ate and were satisfied, they ate more than enough. And they took up 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over and those who ate were about 5,000 men besides the women and children. Isn't it amazing that God, God beyond our wildest imagination behind just all of our faithlessness or our short-sightedness, God provides more than we can ever think or imagine. And the big idea here is that God is able to take what we have and multiply it greatly in order to accomplish his greater purposes. Because the purpose behind provision is to serve a much greater purpose. And it's something that we need to be reminded of so frequently. And then if we think the next point God did provide. Jesus' sacrifice on the cross was and and will always be the most valuable manner of provision we could ever receive. Even if we only received provision towards eternal life, that would have been enough. If you think about it, yes, he's part of our lives, yes, he provides in our lives, but even if we only received eternal life, that will be enough. We all know the scripture John 3 verse 16 to 18 For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him would not sh- uh, sorry should not perish but have eternal life for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him because whoever believes in him is not condemned but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Isn't it amazing that the Scripture speaks of a past tense? The fact that God did provide the ultimate provision, His only Son, for you and me, and sometimes that we need to be reminded as well. Because if I, if there's one thing that I'm thankful of or thankful for is that I'm a son of the Most Holy, that I'm that I'm called a son. I have I have I have, I have eternal like what do you call it my 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 residency is in heaven that's what that's who i am that's what god has given me one of my family members asked me recently in a moment where he said oh but what if you move to like the netherlands so or for example you move to the netherlands would you would you would your faith take a hit would your faith be you know be nullified will it just fall away and i and I asked a simple question My question was, should I then then forget about every single time that God provided for me in and and through my own life? So should I just magically push all the provision that God has given in and through my life away? Is that what you're saying? It's the fact that when you move somewhere else where there's no problems or less problems, for that matter, do you think everything, like uh, there's no need for God anymore? Yeah. thank you, God, thank you very much, you helped me in South Africa, now I'm in the Netherlands, I don't need you anymore. Is that how it works? No, not how it works at all. My faith was not built upon only the materialistic that I received, only the good that I received. My faith was not built upon, upon the fact that everything goes good in my life. That's not what my faith is built on. My faith is built on so much more on the fact that God has did it, did it on the cross. He gave the ultimate provision of all time. How can I be so short-sighted to forget that in and through my own life, if that was the case? Because for one of my family members, that was the case, it was the fact that he moved and said, No, now, now I no longer need God because there's no issues this side. God helped me while I was in South Africa, and God helped me while things were going tough in my own life, but yet now, no need for, no need for God anymore. May we never be as short-sighted like that. May we do some introspection in and through our li- own lives and say, Lord, am I only worshiping you because of the things that you give me? Or am I worshiping you because of the character that you are, because of the God, your God? That's who you are. My next point just says God actively provides daily in and through our lives. And when we think about God's provision, today we need to view life through the lens of God owns everything and therefore, we are only stewarding, God, stewarding God's possessions. We need to be reminded that hey, you, own, you, you literally own nothing. Even the baby that I have on the way, I don't own the baby. God has entrusted the baby unto us as a family unit. And my prayer, even now, every, every night that me and, me and my wife Michelle pray together, the concept that comes up in my heart is the fact that God, this is your son. This is your son, it's your baby boy that's being born, it's not mine. Thank you that you've made me a steward of this kid that's on the way, but may I never forget that I own nothing. You own everything. I'm just taking stewardship over this and this time in my life. And see, in our world today, even money could be the litmus test of our faithfulness. God uses, more, uses it more than any other thing in our lives to, today to test faith. And you might ask why, why does God use money to test our faith every now and then, why? Because, because it's the thing we have the hardest time with. Think about it. We reminisce about it so many times. We think about it so many times. We think about future, am I gonna have enough? Am I gonna be able to provide? Am I gonna have enough you know, resources, time, money, whatever the case may be, but the fact of the matter is If you would like to see someone's character, touch their wallet, see what happens. Here's the thing, God is not against us having lots of money, not at all. He's against the abuse of money towards worldly pleasures and desires. Because why? He knows where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's the thing that he knows. He knows exactly that when we place our highest focus and our highest value on on money, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. You will always seek after making making more money, making more resources, getting more things, just acquiring more things. If you think about our consumerism culture, just there's always something new coming out, an iPhone that doesn't even look new, (laughs) for example. Isn't it interesting? But yet we need the new one, why? Because I need it. We can never answer the question. Is your car broken? No, but I need a new one. Okay, all right. (laughs) And obviously I'm speaking to myself tonight and maybe I'm not even speaking to any of you. But here's the objective that God is trying to, to pose to us. It's saying if we trust God with what he has entrusted to us, We will see God accomplish far more than we could ever on our own I want you to hear that sentence he says if we we trust God with what he has entrusted to us we will see God accomplish far more than we ever could on our own because in trusting God there is a great promise that we will have more than enough so that we can be generous at all times and in all ways God will bless us to be a blessing will always be the case, it will bless us to be a blessing. It's not just so that we can only just enjoy the worldly pleasures and desires that we might have. Yes, there, won't, there might be a component of that as well, but that's not, the, that's not the main objective. If I think about just my own life, and I was praying for just God to provide in and through my own life, something amazing happened this year. Obviously, I was praying just to have enough, you know, to have enough provision for my baby on the way and the most random thing happened in it, and I just laughed in that moment because it felt like, well, God, you, you really can pull a few strings to make providence happen in and through my life. The funniest thing, and I'm saying it in a, in a very light-hearted manner, but the funniest thing happened. My grandmother passed away 15 years ago on my mother's side. I get a random call in the beginning of this year, February. Of my uncle like my my, my mother unfortunately also passed away when I was 14 and uh, her mother passed away a year after that and then all of them almost like fell like flies the entire family you know there's only one sister left like the other sisters also passed away and the brother passed away and it was terrible like there's no one left except the one sister and her husband and I get a call from this husband obviously I don't speak I don't speak to this uncle that often God, I did not mean it that bad, like flying, like falling like flies, but it's really like that's the way it happened. <laughs> Maybe it's just, okay, they all passed away in a very short time span. Okay, let me say it like that, but, <laughs> okay, I won't relive that again. Okay, whatever, but the reality is, get a phone call from, from my one, and he's like, okay, Maritz, we're we still stri- trying to sort out one of the, the um, what do you call it, like, States of my grandmother and I'm like really 15 years later. How does that work? That doesn't even make sense But okay, um, you know sorting it out and he says no send me your ID and you know, everything We we're trying to just see who is the beneficiaries that will benefit from this whole thing and and I'm just like Okay, well, I don't, I don't know what there is. I'm just gonna send my things through and hope for the best Okay, um, and the reality is that I I hear nothing like it, February you know, goes past you know March April, May, and then I get a phone call again in May. Okay, Marats, everything is coming to an end. I just want to send you the allocations of what you will receive out of these things. And yes, uh, um, this is your amount that you will receive. And I'll give you the amount. It wasn't that much, but it's amazing. Just in that moment when God is providing, it's 30,000 Rand that, that just came to me, Okay. And even then, I was giving my banking details and everything, and I'm like, okay, Lord, if it comes in, it comes in, I don't care, like, you're the provider, I, I, you know. And the money came in, and, and it just gave us enough for everything that, is, that still lies ahead of us. You know, the, the hospital costs, and the, the, you know, the, the fees that you have to pay in, and all of those things. But the reality is that I laughed in that moment because I've never thought of even, just for a slight moment, that my grandmother who passed away 15 years ago, there's money there, and I I just said, Lord, you really have a sense of humor (laughs) if it comes to these things, but I just thank you for providing, because any time that I think that where will the next, you know, amount of money come come from, where would the, the next providence come from, you just pull a few strings and something like that happens, just an amazing testimony in and through my own life, praying, Lord, I need you to provide, I need you just to... Be you know, intervene in my life and give me some providence in some way or form. And then he pulls a string like that. But ever so often, even in my own life, I have to do introspection as to how do I value money? And how do I st- steward the resources that God has entrusted unto me? I ask this question to, my, to myself so many times. Am I really faithful with what God has entrusted to me? Am I really seeing it as an honor that God provides for me on a day-to-day basis, or am I taking it like a common courtesy? It's just part of my life. So tonight, I want to do a quick recap of the sermon, and I want to ask the band just to come, come up. But quick recap is the first, first thing that we need to be reminded of is there's a promise that God will always provide for us. That's the promise second thing is there's assurance that God already provided for us through the atonement of Jesus on the cross and we should hold on to that and lastly there is enough evidence that God still provides for us on a daily basis therefore let us not trust in ourselves let us trust on him let us put our trust solely on the foundation that god has built and say lord you are in control and i'm not therefore as an activation tonight in a ministry moment there's going to be two components to this the first component is maybe we just need to reflect for a few minutes and the questions that i want us to reflect on tonight is in what areas of your life have you missed god, god's provision and you maybe became mindful of them during the sermon That's the first question. Second question that you need to ask yourself is in what areas of your life are you not stewarding the resources God entrusted entrusted unto you? Can we do that just for a moment? Just right there where you are. Just reflect on those two questions for a moment. the second thing that I would like us to do is that I want us to pray for one another maybe you are currently trusting for finances maybe there's an area in your life that you really need finances for at the moment and you've been trusting for a while you are just in a tight space financially and you just want some relief and God's provision over that I want to ask that we turn to to one another Maybe you are trusting for God to provide in another way, like health or a breakthrough somewhere else, for example. So the word says we need to pray for one another and intercede for one another. And I think moments like these are so good and just do turn to one another and say, Lord, let's pray for another. Let's intercede for our brother and for our sister. So if that is you or, you know, we're speaking to you tonight, maybe just discuss that discuss that with one one another as you turn to, to, to one another and then after that we'll just do a declaration of faith in and through song.
1: Those last two songs again, just as a declaration of his faithfulness, of his goodness, um, and may this just be a response into everything you just prayed into now. May this just be an outpouring of your heart, Lord. Thank you for your goodness, for being faithful in the little, in the much. But let's just stand together as we sing this. Promise still stands. Great Great is Your faithfulness.